welcome back everybody to the Wheelman Pod. As we always start off, I'm Matt along with Zach. What's up? We will be covering the Daytona Road Course, which was a disappointment for us and our bets. But we I got mean, shit on. We are getting very used to this early in the season. We'll be looking at Homestead's preview as well as some bets to recover our losses from the previous week. Kind of finding any news, paint schemes, segments are back for the Road Course, and uh, just looking to dive in another week and hopefully uh, redeem ourselves. Yeah, last week was supposed to be Redemption Week, but it's actually this week coming up. We, we had to reschedule. Yeah. And if you ever want to see the picks, find the podcast, whatever, we'll be posted on the official Wheelman Podcast uh, Twitter page, at the Wheelman Pod. And, of course, you can listen to us or share it to your friends, whatever, through Spotify, through Apple Music, wherever your podcasts are through. And let's just guess, hop right into the road course, Daytona Road Course last week. I mean, we... Uh, we're both very confident going in, which was kind of a, a shame because we yeah. and it looked good for a while, but it really kind of blew up on our faces there. Yeah, I mean, so I had Chase Elliott. Um, I had Truex. I, I bet on him. I had him in the league, and he led basically every lap for the first half of the race. We, we kind of expect that because he started on the pole. Yeah. And no real contenders are up there with him, and it's Chase at a road course. You know he's just going to kind of check out. Yeah, so I was excited. I'm like, okay, I, I know how the first like half of this race is going to go. And then the caution started happening. Yeah, we'll we'll get to those, but it was not <laughs> ideal for Chase. It, uh, yeah, like you said, it blew up in our faces. <laughs> let's, let's, so quickly. Let's just hop in. I guess blowing up in our faces, dumpster fire, whatever you want to call this race. It it hit signs of it from the very first turn. Uh, McDowell, who started second, like drove into the grass. Kyle Busch drove into the grass. Like he had a pit, hit a flat tire because of it. it. It just completely messed up his splitter. It was an absolute shit show, and it was just a great like precursor for the rest of the race. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we had also in stage one, Jones blew a tire, Briscoe spun out, BK flat spot his tires and locked him up multiple times, which was a just. A recurring event for the race. Yeah, we'll get back to that later as well. And then the 21 had a Dibdetto had a blown tire, which like shredded the whole right rear side of his car. Yeah, I think Boyer said he could see inside of his car from the right rear. That's probably the only funny thing Boyer said all all day. He, he's still getting accustomed to the booth, but uh, I mean, I'll take it over having like DW or the just the Mike Joy Jeff Gordon booth. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's hard to hear him over him like shoulder checking that plexiglass next to him uh like i don't know why him and mike joy have to stand so close to it but it's really it's uh their positional awareness is not high he kind of reminds me of romo a little bit for nfl they almost try too hard to be funny or to be like the the kooky guy and it's like like, you guys are naturally like funny or whatever just like let it happen don't just shove it down our throats. Yeah, here. we don't need a quirky Clint Boyer. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's like, not just idea. Call the race, dude. Like Jeff Gordon, that's just who Jeff Gordon is. He's just kind of a lame, like dad humor kind of guy. Yeah, Clint be, Boyer. Be I think Clint is trying way too hard right now. Yeah, and I'll give him a break because it is early. Much, but, l- much like in the 14 car, he tried way too yeah. hard. Oh, what's weird too is I actually love the Xfinity broadcast. When they have like different, they have like Adam Alexander, whoever the hell it is, that's like the the consistent like commentator, play play or whatever, or uh, what do you call her? I don't know. The guy, he's always there. And then they bring in the other extra drivers in. So you're like, I think Logano was in last week, who's pretty good. Harvick does a pretty good job. Curtin on the fence a little bit. Uh, but you know, they rotate all different guys in. Uh, they had 
McDowell's crew chief last week of the Xfinity race. Yeah. That was a swing and a miss. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just because we uh, we don't hear them every week. So it's like, oh, hey, Logano's in the booth. I'll check it out. Oh, he wasn't that bad, and then he's gone. So you don't get, like, it's not like week to week where you're like, damn, this guy kind of just needs to, like, shut up. Sometimes. It also <laughs> opens up for mistakes. Remember when they had uh, like Eric Jones and Ryan Blaney's pit reporters? And Blaney's like <laughs> in the wrong stall. Then he was fa- he was even facing the camera when he was talking. Like yeah. th- those are things that are just like hilarious. To watch people make easy mistakes. What race was that at? That I was don't, a couple years ago. Wasn't yeah, it? they had like it was a drivers only like telecast. Yeah. They had everyone was you know all the pit reporters. Uh, like you had all the guys in the booth, all like, et cetera, whatever guys in the. With like the the Fox, what do you want to call it? Uh, like the they cut back to the Fox. Oh, the, the, the station. studio. Yeah, that's yeah. the studio. With all those stupid CGI cars behind yeah. them. Yeah. And Jim McMurray's two pairs of pay- suits. <laughs> he has an Xf- <laughs> We found out this weekend he has an Xfinity suit and he has a NASCAR suit. <laughs> I, I like it though. It's a step up. Consistent. And the dude finished top ten of the five hundred. This guy's railed. Uh, back to the road course here. Still on stage one. Basically, all you really had to know was the nine was checked out from the field. Truex, who started, I think, like, 17th or isn't late teens, mm-hmm. he was able to move through the field pretty quickly. And then the Hamlin and Logano both actually looked pretty good. They were running top five for most of it. Uh, there was a caution. I think it was for the 21 when he uh, shredded, like the, again, the whole right side of his car, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the top three remained the same, which was Elliott, Hamlin, Logano. Truex lost five spots, which was very annoying for me because it was just like, again, he looks good. I was very confident. It just like five spots at road course is annoying because some of these guys are so bad in restarts, which we'll see later. Mm. Uh, big thing, I guess, was we'll see some recurring strategy changes is BK and Bell both stayed out, and it didn't matter. Elliott was still able to pass them and win stage one. Uh, Jumping to stage two. Truex got to second during stage two. That's where I really actually got my confidence. Went from like, oh, he's always, he's fine. They talked to him after stage one. He was like, oh, yeah, our car's pretty good. He's resting his arm on a shift there. I'm like, this guy's got full confidence. Yeah, I remember walking in from uh, pulling a beer from the all-day keg that we had. It was awesome. Oh. And you're like, Truex is railed. In the interview, he was resting his arm on the shifter. Like, oh, body fuck. language. Everybody, it's all about body language. Everybody knew. Everybody in the room knew. <laughs> but, like, yeah, that was a weird first stage for Truex, especially because Gibbs looks so – just Gibbs cars in general look so good t- today. And um, Truex was kind of like the outlier. Like, he was the one that wasn't really railed to start the race. Even KY, after shredding his uh, front fender, still looked pretty good. Truex was moving through the field pretty well, but yeah, I just, I don't know, as we'll discuss here in stage two, you kind of realize as the race went on, he didn't have anything like to win. He might finish third to fifth range like, pretty easily, but you knew right away that's based off like talent. He didn't have the car to win. Mm-hmm. Where, yeah, I guess we'll get to, again, we'll, might as well talk, look at stage two, I guess, and we'll get to these points. Uh, so... Dinger got to the top five, and like you're saying, Kyle Busch was recovering very nicely. He got put back to, like, the late 30s when he had a pit and fixed the splitter. He was, like, ripping through the field that we even told uh, one of our league members that he was not allowed to talk about Kyle Busch at all, not even mention his name, mm-hmm. until he gets in the top 20. And he gets to the top 20 in, like, two laps. And we're like, all right, yeah. it's, it's, allowed oh, yeah, okay. it's, it's allowed now. <laughs> you, you can bring him up. Yeah. Uh, oh, Chastain crashed, which was awesome. He was out for the race, and I had a – I think it was Bubba – no, it was Reddick versus Chastain. Prop bet, uh, one of our few winners, which we will cover later. Uh, also, I don't know when this happened, but when I rewatched the race, but the double zero was dead last and out of the race. I don't recall him crashing, but 
he was either race. Said, um, on the results, it said engine. Okay. So, I, who knows? Okay. So, I, yeah, I just saw him last. I don't remember him doing anything stupid. So, I just, you know, just put it out there. Obviously, yeah. I mean, the broadcast knows. It's the double zero. Yeah. They had a late pit stop. Uh, again, Elliot basically led all stage two. Late pit stop for uh, just whatever. Elliot lost spots in pit road. Didn't really have a good pit crew all day today, actually. Mm-hmm. 19th was in fifth. Uh... Again, he couldn't really like, work back up. Hamlin won stage two. And then this is where my concern really started as stage two, the 19 finished fifth and Elliot finished sixth, was it literally took Ham- uh, Elliot like one lap to pass Truex and then go and pass Hamlin. And those were my two picks. And I was like, oh, boy, my picks stink. <laughs> this is not looking good here. Uh, Kurt Busch was in the lead. This is one of my favorite parts of the race. He was in the lead, pushing very hard, <laughs> and I don't know what ha- was going through his mind. Like he must have been just like, just jacked up in his monster. He must have shotgun a monster after stage two there. Yeah, he's just he just completely butches a turn, uh, like misses the turn and fucking goes spins out into the grass, goes from first to t- the twenty fifth. Yeah, he didn't hit the brakes at all, like at all. It's not like the brakes went out. He just didn't hit them. Yeah, like I think he hit the gas instead. And this basically allowed. I think the I think Bell took the lead here and held it for a couple of laps, but again Chase was able to just drive through everybody and get the lead. Yeah, at this point though, Bell is looks very good. He is hanging with like nobody Elliot. else is hanging with Elliot, but Bell is probably like what like a second, a second yeah, and a half max he, back. He sat between that same time interval for like five straight laps, where everyone else was like. Five six seconds back, like, and, like it was weird too. Kyle Busch got up to fourth, and that's where we're like, "Holy, holy shit!" Kyle Busch is back. He actually, yeah. he actually looks really good too, mm-hmm. and he's actually going like right here. This last green flag cycle, I think it's about twenty laps left. Uh, this is where Kyle Busch actually, before this caution came out, or uh, before they started pitting, there's a caution after that. Right before they started to pit, there, Kyle Busch was going to pass Truex for third. 100%, yeah. And that's where I'm like, I just like throw in the towel, everything stinks, all my picks stink. Hopefully Elliot wins. We had money on Elliot to win the race. Hopefully mm-hmm. he can <laughs> yeah. pull and, through at here. This, at this point, I had a group bet with Kyle Busch. It was, uh, I believe you, did you have that group bet as well? It yeah. Was, it was it was Kyle Busch over I did. Logano, Harvick, and BK. I think I did have that on FanDuel. Yes. Yes, I did have that. And so obviously tough start with him getting his uh, – Splitter shredded in the first lap, but now we're like, holy shit, because like BK locks it up in every single term. It's Harvick at a road course, and Logano. What did Logano have to pit or something? Logano was just like bagged at the time, and so like I think he was running. I think he was just, he was running like the sixth, seventh, eighth range, where like he was pretty consistent all day. But yeah, you could see Kyle Busch looked like he was just gone. Because I think we started paying attention when Kyle Busch was like ninth or tenth. And then he just starts picking guys off. And we're like, holy shit, he only skipped by Logano now. Yeah. And he got by Logano. And we're like, yes. <laughs> and, yeah, and that's then, all of our uh, bets were winning at one point. Every single one was hitting. And Fandle lineups were railed. It was about this time. Like, what? Yeah. there was probably, what, like 20 this about, laps Yeah, this about, it was about 20 to go. It's the last green flag pit stops. Because right afterwards was when we had the rain caution. That was like 16 to go. <sighs> do you want to start with the rain caution? Or do you want me yeah, to start with the so rain caution? Yeah, so I'll... Basically, just again, the last thing we had for these green flag pit stops would have been the last pit stops. 
I don't know if they would have made it to the rest of the race, though, because there had been a lot of accidents and blown tires, and this would have been a long green flag run, so they'd been good on gas, but I got a feeling it would have been just like stage one, a lot of guys would have had some tire issues, and especially with, like, you saw with Hamlin, he really started to fade late in this race because he used up his brakes, his equipment, so I think that definitely opened the door for more, more mistakes, especially from the, the whole field, and not just, like, you all it takes one guy to crash off, so you're like, blow yeah. a tire, so... Uh, yeah, so about 16 to go, nothing changed at all in like the leaderboard. It was still like 9, 20, uh, 19, 18. I don't want to call anybody after that. It was that much of a gap between everybody. But uh, let's just say uh, Chase and 20 were a clear first and second everybody else, and then we had a caution for uh, rain, if you want to enlighten us what happened here. Yeah, so this is kind of a weird situation where half the track was soaking wet and half the track was dry. Um classic and, daytona two and a half mile track like, yeah like who knows it rains in south florida at any moment <laughs> this, this is true I fucking hate this state and nascar scheduling so apparently there's a rule where you can't put rain tires on unless nascar calls a caution for rain i i didn't know this until sunday maybe i should have known this but I don't think it's ever really come into play. Yeah, so that's a joke that people don't follow NASCAR. Always say, well, why don't they race in the rain, blah, blah. They've only done it, like, for the road courses. It just – the cars aren't made – and, like, the tracks aren't made to be, like, slick tires. Yeah, apparently like, Goodyear has a really difficult time, like, developing tires for, like, oval tracks, like, if it's raining. So we saw – at the Daytona road course, I believe it was last year, both in the Xfinity and in the Cup. The Xfinity was, like, raining while the race was happening. We saw the rain tires, and then we saw the, the Cup race guys go from the start on rain tires, and they switch to the slicks. That's when, like, Ty Dillon was, like, four seconds faster yeah. than the whole field, whatever it was. So that was so that's that just explains the difference between rain tires and slicks, that Ty Dillon is four seconds faster at a road course than the rest of the field. Yeah, in the 13 it, car. <laughs> the 13 car, yes. Uh, and uh, they actually made, like, a good point about it on the broadcast. Like, you can – it's much more manageable to drive on a wet track with slick tires than drive on a dry track with rain tires. Mm-hmm. And you go so much slower in rain tires. Yeah. So, yes, they called this caution, but nobody put on rain tires. Correct. And it completely fucked us. And it was cool too because I when I was rewatching the race, Christopher Bell's radio, there were like the back and forth between him and Adam Stevens, where Christopher Bell said it's hard to pit with only three laps for your tires, but there's been a dramatic fall off in tires, and it's gonna be a really long run. I think they kind of expect it to be. Uh, they want the freshest tires possible, and then he goes, just do whatever the nine does. So if if like if the nine pits, will pit. The nine brings it down. Everyone really brought it down except for the, for the leaders, except for we had uh, – I see it wrote down here. We had eight cars stayed out, and it was Logano, Briscoe, Kurt Busch, Busher, the 51, who I didn't write down who it was, uh, LaJoy, BK, and Bubba. And, it, and, again, everyone has, like, fresh-ish tires, which isn't bad. And I don't mind the top five guys or top four guys of Logano, Briscoe, Kurt, and Bush, uh, Busher because they all at least have, like, road course experience and aren't that bad at road courses. But what, what really worried me was going to be this group of the 51, which you know is awful. <laughs> LaJoy, 
liability. BK was a liability all day. I've never seen BK that bad before. That and, was wild. And Bubba's car was just a complete just shit show. He had, like, plaster all over the hood at that point. It was not good. And Chase actually, making matters even worse, Chase lost three spots in Pit Road to Bell, Truex, and, and Larson. And... They went green with 12 laps to go. This is when just the wheels fell off. All hell broke loose. And I don't know what the hell I was watching. It, it was so bad. It was, <laughs> it, was, it was legit. Like, I cannot believe that this is happening right now. The very first turn, Reddick went into the grass, drove over a sign, then caught the sign on fire. Exploded. I can't even make, you can't even make that up. That literally happened. And then he's out of the race, obviously. And then he waited until he was on fire leaking fluid to go back on the track. So then they had to drive, <laughs> drive the track. Simultaneously, while this is happening... Chase is four wide with, of course, LaJoy, Bubba, and Truex. Gets shoved in the grass. I don't know how the hell he saved this car. It was awesome. Yes. He was like, I don't know, wheel man. He was just, he was a wheel man out there. It, it looked, was awesome. It looked like a video game. Like, yeah. You, know, you have like, uh, you turn up the setting to like save, like save the car or whatever. Traction the, control off. Yeah. <laughs> like it was crazy. I thought he was going to take that sign out too. Oh yeah. yeah. Like, like the gold bowling sign yeah. last oh, year. Yeah. <laughs> He was all over it. It was very impressive. And he's like in the gas the whole time. So he may have lost like one or two spots. But like they're worried about him like getting the grass out of his grill. Not the fact that he almost just spun out and caused like it crashed half the field. Yeah, like they, they expected that. Like, oh yeah. hey, thanks for saving it. Get get the fucking grass off the car. So they cause a call uh, call the caution for Reddick's fire, uh, naturally. It's very next restart. Again, we have the 19. He's one of the guys with the fresher tires and the favorites. I'm thinking, hey, Chase almost spun out. Maybe this is going to be a race that Truex can steal when he doesn't look that good. Ah, funny that I thought that. He uh, wheel hops going into the first turn. Uh, he almost collected the 20. Uh, the 20 got really lucky. It looked yeah. like the 20 got slammed. So what happened was, like, Truex hit a good restart. He got a push from Larson who was directly behind him. And he looked like he wanted to look inside on Kozlowski going to that first turn. Then quickly realized it's not it's like pick your battles, don't do it right now. But he was at a part of the track that was uh, he went from like the apron, which was flat, to like the banking a little bit. And I think when he started to break, it just whatever reason that like changed elevation just didn't work right. Started wheel hopping, spins it out. And then after that, he's just sitting there, like, banging his, like, shifter and shit. Like, like it's it's fault. And, like, mm-hmm. he's like, oh, this says, I haven't done this all day long. It's like, probably because you're not good, dude. <laughs> God, you pissed me off. I mean, if you want to go back to the preseason preview, we had him as the number one guy to cry after a race. Yeah. And blame somebody else for his fuck-ups. Yeah. we. It's almost like we know. Yeah. I wrote down, uh, again, it's probably the moment, because I could probably find someone who I hate more. But I put, he's my most hated athlete, like, of all time. Martin Truex Jr.? Yeah, but I think I was like, in the moment thing because he actually has been really good to me over the years. So, but at, in the moment, I was just like, I mean, I, you were wearing the shirt. I, I just, uh, yeah, it was not good. I think it was the 78, though. It maybe was. that was the issue. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'm just a Cole Pern guy. I, maybe, maybe I switched to that. I think that's what it is. Yeah. 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 I'm going to say I'm a Cole Pern guy from now on out. Uh, so, another caution actually happened with eight to go. This was not related to the Truex spin out. Uh, Bell had a great start, but again, he almost got taken out by BK because this guy could not do a turn without locking his tires up. I don't understand what he was doing. I, it, it was so confusing. It, he was all over the place. And like this race was absolutely wild at this point. Larson got the second. He had the, the freshest tires for like the highest position for the fresh tires. 
And then right when he gets second, he wheel hops and slides into a tire wall. Yeah, well, he dive bomb Kurt. <laughs> yeah. and, like he, he left himself no space. It was hilarious. He was going too. way too fast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was so and while this happens, they cut to like Kyle Bush just spun out. And they show the replay. He's just banging doors <laughs> with the 17 and the 3. Like, what are they doing? <laughs> I think Kyle Bush was so pissed off that he was back there. He lost spots in the restarts that he was just like, so frustrated that he starts going after these guys. Then he gets dumped. And then I didn't see him the rest of the race. I think he's and went it, home. And it fucked me over because I had a Busher yeah. top 10 bet, and his car is shredded at this point. It was so funny watching that. And while this happened, they didn't even show it on the camera. They just go, oh, and William Byron misses Chicane. I'm like, God, I bet I'm Byron. <laughs> another, another guy in the lineup. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. Uh, so when this is all happening, of course, the nines just starting to slice through the field. But one of the biggest issues was that Kurt Busch, you mentioned that Larson had dive bomb Kurt Busch was putting up the Boolin wall and mm-hmm. would not let anybody pass him. No, he was channeling his inner Ryan Newman. He was doing this, obviously, to make up for in first place going through the grass. Yeah. <laughs> but he was really throwing up the blocks, and it was starting to stack guys up. Like, I don't know, he's like second to fifth or second to sixth where it was. It was all like single file every turn. So if someone messes up, it's going to be a chain reaction. And that basically happened because the nine was trying to pass the two. The two, the two needs to get the fuck out of the way. And then, like, what are you doing? And this again, this is all because of the Kurt slowing everybody down. Then BK's in that group, and he's slowed. Elliot's the fast one in this group. He's trying to pass everybody. BK is not giving him anywhere to go. He like, at one point he locked it up and went through the grass, and still wouldn't give the spot to the nine. Like he cut in the corners through the grass, and then finally the nine decided to do a crossover. I think it would have worked. The problem was you could even see the 11 slam his brakes before the 9 actually crosses over because he knew there's nowhere to go. And then when he did the crossover, the 11 got into him, and the 14 drilled 11's back. Like, it was just getting everyone was so close that anything that's not the ordinary, it's going to cause a, 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 again, a backup. Yeah. And I understand, like, BK is still somehow, like, up in the front. He's not going to – he's not just going to give up spots. That's not who BK is. But at the same time, dude, you are – you've been so bad. The entire race. Yeah. It was the entire race. And it's not like he had older tires or fresh tires or it, it didn't matter. I just, it, uh, it was a real kick in the dick, as they say. Yeah. It's yeah. like a slam my dick in the door than fucking <laughs> have that. Uh, so Logano was, while all this commotion's happening, like second to six, Logano was just checked out, like three and a half seconds ahead. Bell finally got on Kurt, uh, for a second with like five to go. And he again, three and a half seconds behind him. He ended up passing Logano in, like, three laps. It was pretty impressive. And the crazy thing was, too, he passed him on the front chicane, the same one we talked about, how, like, it's impossible to fit two guys through there, or, mm-hmm. like, how it's the same move that Blaine, uh, Blaine and Elliot got into in the, the clash. Bell just completely bullied him. And it might have been because Logano had a short-run car or, like, worse tires, so Bell could – and it was a faster car, could be a little more aggressive. But it was an impressive power move, and then he just, just – See ya. Won by two seconds. Yeah, Bell he, he was, was gone after that. Yeah, Logano kept getting bailed out, bailed out by the cautions um, and BK being behind him and kind of stacking everybody up. Yeah. Because by no means – Logano was good, but by no means did he have a winning car. Agreed. Uh, and I guess the final top ten would be Christopher Bell in first place, first career win. Again, good for him. Uh, it's always good seeing first winners, and we have now a first, winner for, uh, first career winner for back-to-back races with McDowell and Bell. And what was the stat we found for the last time we uh back-to-back first-time winners? Yeah, it's the first time since 2016 when Larson and Busher went back-to-back. 
Where was Larson in Michigan? Had to have been Michigan, mm, right? I'd have to look. It probably Michigan. Right? I know Bush. That was the only place he won until. Like, yeah, Busher yeah. won off the 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 rain in Pocono. I don't remember that race. Uh, so the rest are top ten: Christopher Bell, Joey Logano, Denny Hamlin, Kurt Busch, Brad Keselowski. We made fun of all day. Good for him, still finishing fifth. Yeah, what the fuck? Kevin Harvick, sneaky day for him. AJ Allmendinger, Michael McDowell in a bounce back. Chris Busher, and then find up with. Mm. Uh, finished up with Alex Bowman top ten. Ryan Priest, not Chris Busher, because if Chris Busher finished top ten, that would have been. Oh, a bet. sorry, yeah, that would have been right. the one My bet mistake. that I would have fucking won. I don't know why I said thirty-seven Busher. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm probably thinking of the race still, the Pocono race. Yeah, it's on your mind. I got Busher on the mind. <laughs> uh, it was just a wild event. It was a wild race. We, well, yes, it, it was. It, it it was very painful for us to watch. It was uh, entertaining though, and exciting. Which, yeah. NASCAR definitely fucking needs that. I got a weird feeling too. Like if you, uh, I actually watched the truck and Xfinity race, which I usually try to watch one of them per like uh, per weekend outside the Cup race. I ended up watching like all three. I watched the closing laps for truck, then I watched like all the Xfinity. And good for Ty Gibbs, by the way. If anyone watched the Xfinity race, that yeah. was wild. Yeah. We're gonna, this would be a quick like minute recap thanks Finney Rays for those who don't care to skip it. <laughs> Sindrick and Dinger were the by far the favorites. They end up getting into each other in stage one. Dinger was done for the race. And then Sindrick had like his whole right tire was showing because they had like they had a hacksaw, like all he, that he, uh, power tool Matty off. Did it, right? Yeah. They had a power tool, like all of his like right front fender off. And it was crazy. Ty Gibbs was just flying, and he was obviously in the Joe Gibbs car. He ended up winning the race, and he was just watching him those late restarts. He was the most aggressive. Like, I don't know how he did it. It actually was really cool watching that. It was awesome. And Sindrick ended up finishing like second or third or something like that. He had the race won, just kind of saying chased by it at one. Then the cautions come out, then then pit stops, and that just changes everything. And then going on restarts and going through traffic changes everything. And the Gibbs guys – just looked good in both these races, just slicing through. And it was good to see Ty Gibbs win. It was his first career win. He was like the sixth driver ever to win their first career start, joining the, the uh, elite company of a one Ricky Rudd. <laughs> I love a Ricky Rudd reference. <laughs> I saw it on the TV. I was just laughing. I'm like, I tried taking a picture of it, but I just, it didn't work out well. What number was Ricky Rudd in? Did they show? Did oh, they show it? And it was like 1983. That's all I got for you. Oh, I was hoping it was some shitty like, thir- like 30. Seven or something like that, or like forty-two. I could probably pull it up, but yeah, it was. Uh, Ricky Rudd. Anytime I can mention him for good things, it's hilarious, or bad things, it's funny. And it was, I'm like, holy shit, Ricky Rudd's up there. <laughs> like, it's just funny. <laughs> uh, I guess any other closing notes outside of uh, the Xfinity races? Well, oh, that's what, that's what I was getting to the whole time. The amount of cautions they were calling late in these races, like the rules changed when it was like segment one. You could spin out, do whatever, as long as you don't put like a big piece of sheet metal on the track, it's fine. By segment three or the final end of the race, it was just like anyone that like spins out, they, they wanted to throw a caution, basically. They wanted to yeah, have I a late restart. It. And so knowing for betters, when you have the winning lineups or when you have the winning things, they're just like, let's stack them up now. Ha ha, good for TV. Yeah, you, you're actively like... You're pissing me off. Well, no, you're actively changing the results of the race because you want better, like, ex- like better ratings and better or excitement. close, yeah, close finish. Yeah, you're actively like rigging the results of the race the word is very sour because i'm pretty sure if we would have had like the guy who was not in first place if we had someone who's like working through the field and they catch the caution we would have been like oh i love nascar <laughs> yeah imagine if we were smart enough to take christopher bell 66 to 1 odds oh, god i hate myself i should have damn it oh man 
All right, let's get the segments. I'm, well, I'm, we can't blame ourselves. Even him, he said himself he's not good at road courses. You can't say that, then win. It's bullshit. It is. It's not legal. Give give us the money back. He's sandbagged. You should give us the money back. Let's go to segments. Move the day. I have uh, end of stage one. Somehow BK didn't crash the eventual winner in Chris Bell. Speaking of Chris Bell, he, again, would just lock him up and like almost took him out twice, going through that, like, uh, that first little infield section. And he actually went through the grass and didn't hit him. And I was just like, it's like a hindsight thing of like, wow, Chris Bell dodges that. Then you throw in, he dodged the Truex crash. Then he dodged BK again later in the race. It's like three or four times you go, if you got taken out, uh, like Truex did, like Elliot did, like Kyle Busch did, it's a whole different race. But he was able to avoid those things or fight through them. So that's the move there for me. It was him avoiding the wrecks. Oh, it's a, yeah, it's a good move. Um, I had Chase yeah. uh, catching himself yeah, on the, the grass. That was unanimous. I had that as well. Yeah, and it, it was cool because you could actually like see him in the fucking in I, the, like in the white gloves. You can <laughs> yeah. you can see the hands going moving. Yeah, yeah. I um, always love that. And you pointed this out. I had Larson gaining a spot on pit road. Oh yeah, when he burned it out on pit road yeah. and passed. I think he got past Chase. That, that's when I was rewatching the race. He just, I mean. Get another wheel man here. He just guns it out of the pit stall. Somehow gains a spot on Elliot, who was number one pit stall. And that's that last pit, uh, when Elliot lost three spots. Is referring to, mm-hmm. but it was a, it was a nice just like burnout basically. It was sweet. Uh, I don't have any other moving days. I I also had the chase in the grass just because that was just that was awesome. That's like a, a gif. I better see for a while. I, I I mean I guess I can make this the move of the day. I didn't really write it down, but uh, big time finished on the lead lap. Nice. And he finished ahead of Larson. Well, Larson got tire walled. Oh, yeah, but what? big time on the LL. I just thought of this. That's good for good for everybody. Big time, good finish. Good that's, for a, everybody. that's a win for NASCAR. I also bring up move of the day that Joey Logano staying out was a move. That was a great move because mm-hmm. he again took like a sixth place car and he he didn't have to deal with any of that bullshit and he still finished second and he put himself in a spot to at least like compete for the win. He kind of foresaw the, like I don't want to be stuck in the back. I don't want to be stuck in restarts and I'll give him like. Tip my cat Logano for that. Yeah, I mean, in, in the end, it kind of backfired on him just because Bell had such a better car and fresher tires. But like he, oh, Logano second, put himself sec- in the position. second place. It's probably his career high for a road course too. Again, mm-hmm. out of my ass, I'm not sure for sure, but I would assume he's not one one. So second place is good for him. Yeah, tough tough start to the year for Logano though. Yeah, going at the 500, you're going into the turn three in first place, get taken out, yeah. get passed on the second to last lap. Actually, in the like the front chicane going onto the white the white yeah. flag. Tough start. He'll bounce back. We we always say he he's we don't really necessarily like the guy, but we also respect that he's very good. He is very good, yes. Uh why'd you stay out? My first one's gonna be Briscoe with this hood. I didn't mention this in the recap. That was fucked. Briscoe's hood flipped up over his uh windshield, and this guy was driving through like it's almost like you put your defroster on the cold, and it's like one little patch that's through your windshield. That's how this guy was driving. <laughs> that's so accurate. <laughs> like, I can't believe they didn't call anything. They didn't call a caution. He drove black around. flag that guy. He drove around for multiple laps, and he did nothing about it. <laughs> this guy has a hood on his windshield. He couldn't see. <laughs> it's like, that, that, was, that was insane to me. I was dying watching that though, because he was like a, he restarted second after. With I wonder Lugano. if he was going faster. I don't know. It was awesome though. It, I'd it, love to see the stats on hood up and hood down. <laughs> those those couple laps. <laughs> uh, I'll let you take this one. Next one. I know you got a good one here. Um. Yeah. I have Debenedetto and Suarez staying out. Oh shit! So do I. Yeah. <laughs> I have the, the exact <laughs> same thing. Uh, <laughs> that was the start stage three. Yeah. Um, 
Suarez staying out, it's kind of like what the fuck. He like, flies, in general, dude. I fly. I fly. Um, he he flew to the fucking mid pack though, mm-hmm. and then like we said, the Benedetto didn't have a right rear of his car. Yeah, it's gone. <laughs> So, I, usually, like, some tracks, if you have damage, it actually kind of helps your arrow. Like, at Bristol, you get bumped a little bit. Oh, it might help your arrow out you a mean, little when, bit. when Truex at Martinsville last year, his brakes were cooled because, like, his right front was all yeah, removed. exactly. Sometimes yeah. it helps. I don't think it helped Matty D in this case. No. It also didn't help that they both spun our tires. I mean, as expected. <laughs> yeah. I, like, as is tradition. Well, yes. Suarez... <laughs> I understand. The Benedetto was actually a good restarter, though. Yeah. So I think it was the old tires. Yeah, and half of his car was missing. Yeah. And then the one that I'm going to bring up here, which is like my biggest pet peeve I always bring up, is the LaJoy 51 car and Bubba staying out in this circumstance. I don't care if you stay out and it's like two laps to go over time. I don't care if you stay out on long green flag runs to catch a caution. I'm all for that strategy. When there is nine laps to go in a road course that's like three and a half miles long and then everyone behind you is not only faster but are on fresh tires you're gonna lose all those spots in the first turn and my point was they all started in the top eight they respectively finished 31st 26th and 25th and that includes basically getting four free spots they got from kyle bush crashing reddit catching on fire byron i don't know what happened to him he finished in the 30s briscoe having a hood up and larson going in the tire wall they finished again. Twenty fifth is the highest guy, and they got five free spots. I why do you stay out there? All you did was stack up the field, and you cost guys that are should be contenders who are trying to now get through the field. Like it, it that that stuff just pisses me off. Yeah, and this is kind of going back to like the unnecessary cautions now at this point. Like even the even the KY crash, they shouldn't have thrown it. That happens all the time. They shouldn't have thrown it. I don't think they did. They didn't throw a caution I don't on think that? They did. I think Kyle Busch just kind of put his car in the garage. I respect it, though. Which, I'll just, good transition here. Just park it. Kyle Busch, because he did, and it was awesome. <laughs> he just said, hey, I'm done. <laughs> that, yeah, I mean, I respect the hell out of that. Mine was BK. I also was BK. He was bagged. Like, I don't think we could accurately convey to you, the listener, how bad Brad Kowalski was if you didn't watch this. Liability, race. for sure. Every single turn was white-knuckled. If it was a lockup, and, like, if your guy was next to him, you're like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. Like, you need to either back off or get around this guy because he was bound to take somebody out. I think he missed a chicane at one point. I know he flat spot his tires in stage one, which gave him the lead because, like, it's it cycled through. Excuse me. It cycled through. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, the amount of times that he locked his brakes up it was, or just, like, went through the grass was just absurd. My other guy for just park it was Chase, just because once he got dumped with, like, four to go or five to go, at that point, I'm just like, let's leave my car here. I'm just going to walk out of my car. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I would have got I'm out. I'm done. I don't, I care, I don't care about finishing 21st. I don't, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with that. I I, I should have – I wanted to leave after he got spun. I did not want to be <laughs> watching the race yeah. anymore. That was tough. Uh, anyone else just park it? I mean – we got some good ones this week. Yeah, I mean, we actually had multiple candidates. Uh, let's go to our favorite segments to Kyle Busch win. No. Mm. Did, did we're replacing the Jimmy Crash, Jimmy Johnson, now that he is uh, retired. 
And our contestants this year for uh, to take over that esteemed award or esteemed like a weekly tradition, mm-hmm. we have Christopher Bell. I think we probably can remove him from this after winning. Yeah, I actually I in my recap I put Bell no, will no longer be included in the. Running so race. now we're down to Quinn Hoff and Anthony Alfredo <laughs> Fast Pasta, and I think Quinn Hoff is going to easily take this award. I know he, he said he blew his engine, but just. I just think every race you're going to see Quinn Huff in a crash, pissing off the leaders, or just being out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was he was my favorite going into this. Um, not my mind has not changed. He has not swayed me in the other way. Mm-hmm. So I I really like Huff for um, did and, Quinn Huff crash? And the only reason we have Alfredo in here is because the natural heir apparent was going to be John Hunter Nemechek, who we still like his talent, but he found himself in many times at the wall. Yeah, well, that one race when he crashed four times. Yeah. I mean, you kind of sealed your fate. So, Fast Pasta took the 38 car over, so he kind of just, like, made the 38 car thing. Also, like, he is a rookie, so we figured it was fitting. So, we'll still keep him in there, but I think for sure it's going to be the, the Quinn Huff crash. I think we're going to go on from here and go with that. Yeah, I think we can confidently say that. And then finally, did Denny Hamlin check out from the field or mentally? And I put, I don't know. I think he didn't check out because he was still trying the whole race and finishing third, but... The leaders kind of checked out from him. Also, his brakes checked out on him. So yeah. that's why I made it tough for him where I think he was realistically like a fifth to sixth car, best car. He kind of got faded when his brakes faded during the race, but I think he still could have ran that like fifth, sixth, seventh range. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give him a no, but his brakes did fall apart. Yeah, I, I think we're on the same page here. Yeah, I mean, he was he was a top five car all, all race. Yeah. Uh, he just could, he couldn't contend at the end for whatever reason. All the Gibbs cards besides Jones kind of faded at the end. Jones. Or, fuck. <laughs> Even Chris Revelle. Yeah. Hate to see the 20. Oh, that was, I mean, honestly, that was like, like I'm more salty. Yeah. I mean, I have no... I mean, I, I, my saltiness towards Chris Revelle is because Jones lost his job. True. I don't hate Chris Revelle. It's more of me having to root for Jones in the 43 now. Let's transition to our new favorite segment, which actually includes Eric Jones. Mm-hmm. The battle, the mid-pack, the mid-pack grinders, whatever, the king of the mid whatever the hell we called it. And it's, it'll change names every week. Mm-hmm. But it's basically our five-pack of mid-pack drivers, which are Chris Buescher, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, Eric Jones, and old Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Mm-hmm. And each week we're going to see where they finish. And we also want to put betting odds for like each week kind of thing to see these guys end up. Week one was won by Chastain. And this week, our winner is Chris Busher. Congrats. 11th place. Had away, Busher. That's his first time winning. So it's going to be good to track this the rest of the year. We had uh, Busher finish in the 11th place, which was one spot off his of Zach's top 10 bet. Hate to hear it. Tough. Uh, Bubba finished 26th. Chastain, 39th. Eric Jones, 14th. And Slick Rick, 18th. So I will say for Jones, he probably would have finished 14th in the 20 as well. So <laughs> consistent day for Eric yes. Jones. That's, that is kind of what his uh, – because his see and just being a, like a bland piece of oatmeal on the track is what he's known for. <laughs> that could have been his crew chief, though. <laughs> also true. <laughs> uh, tracks changing. Uh, I don't know. I had the twenty just being on the move as the race went on. I I had the rain caution. I really. also I also had like twenty two on long runs faded. I also had like the nineteen eleven. My picks just as the race went on, just you realize they're not going to win <laughs> as the race yeah. went on. <laughs> it's such a demoralizing. Just accept your fate. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, the rain caution on the way there. Uh, best car, I I put Chase, but like it's you could argue Chase or Bell. I I, I put both down as well. Because it's like the advanced stats were like Chase had the most laps led. He has the the fastest late run speed. Uh, he was very good elsewhere, but I think it was kind of skewed a little bit total because he got stuck in the pack and then he spun out. So it kind of might like ruin his overall things. Bell was first in green flag speed, first in uh, short run speed, and third in late run speed or something like that. I, I miswrote it down, but he was like again top three in everything, but he was first in green flag speed and all that. So like. You can't argue either one. You make an argument for, and like Bell won the race, so maybe we just kind of like give him just a nod today. Mm-hmm. But uh, both those guys were definitely in the class of the field. Yeah, Chase cut his way through the field way easier than Bell did. Um, but I mean, at the end, I don't even know if Chase would have touched Bell at the end because Chase had that damage to his front end too, which I don't really remember seeing his front end get. It had to be when the restarts and they stack up. That's yeah. something I can think of. They didn't. They obviously didn't show it on the broadcast because that's not important at all for us to know. <laughs> yeah they uh, they have a tough job though because especially when we're joking like you want to show the leaders then they show like kyle bush banging doors in like 25th but it's like, a, like do a picture in picture yes give us a side by side you don't this. even have to like show us the replay yeah, side by side we'll pay attention to it you don't even have to mention it we'll see it uh going to overachievers i again i had bell he's pretty much been like sweeping these awards you know he uh he ran well at the Rovo last fall, but it's still a big surprise for him to run as well as he did. It was his first career at top ten. Grant is at a road course. Grant is only his third road course, but like, and he won one the Xfinity. But it's still nice to see like you wouldn't expect him to win and race as well as he did. First career win, so like I'll give him as the overachiever. That's fair. I had a few overachievers. Same. I had uh, Brad Keselowski. Also, had I him. had Joey Logano, and I had Kurt Busch. I had as well. So I had the the group of BK, Kurt, Almondinger, and McDowell because they all had, like, oh, shit moments and still finished top ten. McDowell finishing top ten was crazy because he fucked up in the first lap of the race, and then he kind of just disappeared for the rest yeah, of the Yeah. And he, then he popped up in seventh. And then Dinger had a flat tire where, like, like his left rear was flat, caused a caution. McDowell, we touched on. Kurt through the grass. BK, multiple problems. Probably the first time, too, we had someone get an overachiever and a just park it. Yeah, that, BK, uh, so. I we don't really have the advanced stats on that, but that might be. We don't keep track of that. Yeah, no. we, we'll we'll just say it's the first time. We need, we need a wheelman stats guy. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Uh, <laughs> then I also had Harvick because he was literally top ten the whole race and quietly ran his own race and finished sixth. And we were kind of joking around that he was a guy to do not touch, do not bet, blah 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 blah. And he sits there and ran a very clean race for him. So nice job, Kevin. Yeah, I mean, if you had him in like a top ten bet, that would have won. He wouldn't have won his group bets or like uh, top five. Or oh, because Gano did. Yeah. Someone, someone say it was a very robotic day for Kevin. Yeah, he kind of. They just downloaded the software. Like, hey, they just run top ten. It's like Kawhi Leonard. They, they run, they, update. They, they, yeah, they did the top ten software this week. I like it. Uh, underachievers. I guess we'll just. You want to start? Probably at the same yeah, we one. probably the same group here. Yeah. Um, well, start off. I'll I'll just do Ryan Blaney because. Yeah. I have him as well. Yeah, I mean, as a guy who had him, uh, top three bet on him, and a, uh, I believe I did a prop bet on him as well. Uh, that was, uh, yeah, I, I had him over, uh, Hamlin. Great bet by me. Uh, <laughs> he, but he just wasn't competitive at all. I don't think he was in the, in the top 10 at one point. Yeah. As we were watching, you know, we watched the race. It's kind of, I like doing this from time to time just because during the race, there's, everything's happening so quickly. We're watching a lot of things at once. We're drinking, 
if we don't have that driver, we don't pay exact attention to him. Mm-hmm. But then you see, like, with someone's, like, hey, I haven't heard this guy's name all day. Then you rewatch the race. You kind of, like, well, kind of check on see where he's at. I agree. I didn't see him in top ten at all. Even with the cautions and, like, pit stops, he never stayed out. Like, I... It was a really weird day for Blaney. And the only time I heard his uh, him like brought up during the broadcast was they said he had to make a nose weight change, looking at his right front suspension during a caution for uh, the rain caution. I don't know what the hell that means or why you have to do that fifty laps in the race, <laughs> but that happened to him. <laughs> I I missed that. So like yeah, you probably had to rewatch it to notice that. I totally missed that. I don't know what the fuck that means either. Yeah, so he has some issues, it sounds like. Then I also put for underachiever the 9 and 19, just because we talked about how they won the last, like, seven road courses. They were the favorites. They just did not get a win, so they're underachievers. Yeah, I mean, Chase kind of got fucked a little bit um, with his uh, – he did underachieve for sure, but, like, he kind of got fucked. Truex did it to himself. And he also, like, didn't have the traditional, like, Truex road course race. Yeah, especially for how fast he looked at the Clash, which is kind of fitting for Blaney as well, who looked really good at the Clash and just didn't show any of that speed at the uh, the, the actual points race. Yeah, so I don't think they're going to be doing a road the, the Daytona road course again because they'll have California yeah. next year in the short track version. But I am not taking any stock at the Clash anymore because that's what I did for betting on Blaney. <laughs> And it blew up in my face. I, I hit him in lineups, but I also faded him in bets, which was kind of like good. But like, I, I, I should know when the Blaney fan fades Blaney. <laughs> yeah. I need you to kick your hopes him too high. Well. Yes, I need to start paying attention to that. I also going with the clash like letdowns. I had Reddick. Like, I was really high in him because I think he's got a lot of talent and he looked really good. At the clash like ran top five for most of the race. And I mean, I'm not saying he didn't do bad at the the race on Sunday. But he ran, like, that 10th to 15th range the whole day. But just the way he crashed, going through the grass, ruining a splitter, then catching a sign fire, and finishing, like, 37th, I'm like, what the hell, dude? <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, yeah, that was tough. My last underachiever, I have us again. We, we are off to a horrid start. Yeah, <laughs> but it's always Miami. It's always next week. Yep. And now we're kind of, we're kind of back to uh, – we're back to the traditional NASCAR mile and a halfs and just good guys doing well. Yeah, the 500 obviously is going to be a wild card. This road course, we were on it. Like, we were doing very well until the cautions flew late. NASCAR is scripted. Yeah, I hate it. Uh, let's go positive here. Let's go to best schemes. Let's, let's transition here to some things that we really do enjoy looking from week to week to seeing what paint schemes stand out to us. And I'll let you start. Uh, yeah, so the first one I had was Ryan Newman's all-white. Castrol scheme. I agree for, with that for carbon neutrality. Um, I looked it up, and I'm pretty sure it just means like you. I, honestly, I don't really know what it means. Yeah, well, Castrol, you know, <laughs> being some sort of uh, lubricant that's probably not good for the environment. They have traditional white, green, and red car, which we like. They did this uh, zero carbon car, which you said grayed out and white out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also didn't look into what it meant, but it was a good looking car. It basically, uh, to summarize in my stupid NASCAR brain, you save the same amount of energy you put out. It makes sense to me. Yeah. Neutral. Yes. Makes sense. A net of zero. I'm going to jump to Ross Chastain McDonald's now. Go for it. That's my next scheme. Just because I thought it was gone when, like, 
I don't know. I thought when Bubba left, or like, or, I'm sorry, when Bubba went to the 23, then McDonald's would like pull their long sponsorship with Ganassi and kind of follow him. I was surprised as well. Yes. So just seeing Chastain get McDonald's car, and like that car always looks pretty good. So that was a good one. I kind of touched on the uh, we do every week until we get sick of it, but the Byron Exalta scheme. Yep. Uh, even Hamlin changing his scheme. Like, wait, no, he's the same one. No, he he went back to the worst scheme because he reverted yeah. back to last Shit. year's. He does have a new scheme next week, though. Yeah. Uh, the Suarez iFly car, which we've been talking how Trackhouse has got a Trackhouse is going to be a recurring yes. a recurring spot in this uh, segment. I also had the Priest Continental, because I just love the Kroger, like the random Kroger things. The, the, all the was, hun- was it Priest or was it Stenhouse? Because I had, I had Priest Kroger slash Coca-Cola. No, Priest was Continental. Oh, so then it was Stenhouse and yeah. the Kroger Coca-Cola. Yeah. Because Priest, okay. Priest had like the light blue with the white hood, the white oval on the hood. That was the Continental car. That was the 3.7. Both those cars stink. Come on, dude. I remember when uh, Chase went through the grass, uh, Mike Joy felt it necessary. They they panned to uh, Ryan Priest's Continental car like, oh, if you need to wipe your nose off. Huh. Huh. Yeah. It's Mike Joy's humor. I actually will say this one, too. The Dixie Vodka car. Yep, I have that. Was nice. It's got pinstripe, uh, like almost like a Yankee-looking car. Oh, yeah. It, it, was, it was a nice car. I also... Uh, Bell's Cole Custer, by the way. Bell's Ream car. That'll be a, yeah, that'll be a classic. It, it, I might date myself here, but I always remember the Ream car when Kevin Harvick's like RCR Xfinity car, at the time of like, the Bush Series, number 21, he always ran the Ream car. And that's why I always remember Reem from. Then I went to a Gibbs sponsor later on and basically stuck with Bell for a while. But, yeah, I always like, seen the Reem car back on. Hey, they make good vacuums. Uh, I, Briscoe's Ford Performance car looked pretty good. You love the Ford Performance car. Yeah, it sucks that they don't have the Cobra on the front. but Th- That'll be a recurring complaint from you. Yeah, it's honestly, that might be replacing uh, Custer's spark plug car. Oh, put the Cobra on the car? Yeah. Put the snake on the car? Put the Cobra on the car. Uh, and then Reddick's cat Reynolds car looked pretty good, too. Especially like that white and the red. Yeah. It looked th- really good on fire. Throw some fuzz. I throw some flames <laughs> in the car. Yeah, it looks real good. He'd pull inner Jeff Gordon. So, worst schemes, because uh, you mentioned the ham one. I'll throw him in there. Cause we, like, again, I'll give him credit. He at least changed it last week, and he's going to change it next week. So, it's not that bad, but do not run that same scheme, that normal FedEx scheme for 20 races in a row like it, you did last year. It's up to FedEx at this point because it's just different FedEx cars. That's fine. It's all you want. Mm-hmm. And then I'll say the Kevin Harvick Mobile One car. I don't like that car. The it, Silver Flames. It's the Silver it. Flames. Agreed. Don't like it. Like, Boyer's not running the 14. Give the... Uh, I don't like either one of them. You know, I like the Red Flames better than the Silver Agreed, Flames. Agreed, but I think in general the Mobile One car can do much better. Oh, they're both trash. But if you're going to give <laughs> Harvick the good one, give him the Red Flames. Yeah. Especially because the, the Happy Harvick logo is like that fire yeah. drop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are we doing here? I don't know. He and like and they do so well with the Bush schemes. It's just well, Tony he, Stewart needs to make a stand. He put his foot down. This is unbelievable. His his mobile one cars were sick when he's yeah. in the fourteen. He won a championship in it. Uh, do we have any other worse schemes? That's all I had. I only had the Harvick and Hamlin. I was yeah. I just put Denny down. All the other schemes were kind of just like standard. It, it's also like yeah, early in the year too, so we're kind of getting used to it. Maybe uh, once we work to like. Race fifteen, though mid season ish, then we'll be like, I'm sick of seeing this game. Yeah, so a- that, after the Bristol dirt race, you're gonna see some, some duds. Yeah, once the sponsorship kind of like people always get the first, you said like the first six eight races like sponsorshiped up, mm-hmm. and then it kind of like fades away. So we'll see. We we also do love the uh, all white cars, the all black cars, or the oh, all yeah. gray cars. Then the sponsorless cars are our favorite. We're hoping to see some more of those, and we will. We always do. 
uh, jumping here now from segments into just a, a just to do it, just to poop on ourselves. The uh, gambling recap for us for our, the ones that we posted. Uh, I guess I'll start with you just to get over with. You, you tough, uh, o for four day. for Zach. Yeah. Uh, he's now year to date three and nine minus five point seven units. But uh, you had winners going on. I think you had was it Chase winner, Chase top three, Busher top ten, and then that group bet. Were those the bets you had? Something like that. Well, no. My so my official bets was Elliot win, Blaney top five, not even almost. Busher top ten, which finished eleventh, like we said. And then I had Blaney over Hamlin, which wasn't even close. Yeah. But, I mean, the, the Elliott win would have covered all of my yeah, losses. Yeah, it, it was like plus 300. I think you could have gotten, gotten the bars to that. Yeah. Uh, I at least got some wins. It could have been better. I went 3-5 and five for minus 1.8 units. I hate to see it. Year to date, now I'm 4-13. <laughs> minus 8 units. This guy's so bad. But if we get one win we're looking for, it's going to fix it up, like we were saying. We're, and we're getting some tough luck. And the winners that I had were uh, Reddick over Chastain, which was hilarious. They both were out of the race. And then, <laughs> and then Bubba over Austin Dillon, which was also hilarious. Bubba's car was a piece of shit. It was so bad. And then Hamlin top three, or Hamlin top five. At mm-hmm. plus 160, which was nice to see. He was kind of flirting there all day long. It's one I was actually confident with. And also, I didn't post it, but I parlayed that with a Michigan win over Ohio State nice. money line. So that was a nice little uh, nice little chunk of change for a bad day. It was good to see at least some wins in there. Uh, let's look forward now to our gambling preview for Homestead. And Redemption week. This is kind of like Zach was saying earlier, touchdown. This is going to be like your more traditional NASCAR race. We think a favorite's going to win after we saw back-to-back guys going 66 to one winning a race. I think you're going to see this kind of go back to our normal uh, favorites can win the race, the, the contenders win the race. But this is also a weird race because I don't think there's a clear-cut favorite. I think of a group of like five, six guys that you would not be surprised they win the race. Yeah, exactly. This is not. Well, I, this is kind of what NASCAR wants, though. They want this parity where all the top teams, they'll still have, like, multiple guys that can win. And so it's yeah. not just, like, it's not going to be like Harvick and Hamlin last year. It's not going to be like that. So, just to start, I kind of broke it down into three tiers again. But instead of doing, like, tier one favorites, tier two contenders, I did a 1A and 1B. I thought they were that close. But I broke it down based on like the, the odds. And if you're going to betting odds, your favorites are going to be Denny Hamlin, Chase Elliott and Kevin Harvick, and depending where you're you're going to, they're all between like five to six, six and a half to one, all in that range. And you can make a case for all three. Uh, the only one I like Elliott the most out of that group. Uh, I would fade Hamlin, but again, it wouldn't surprise me if he won. I can go to some more detail in a second, but I don't know how you feel, just like off cuff, what you think about it. Yeah, so I I have Harvick in the league. Um, I have Elliot, so that's kind of a little biased too. But yeah, I mean, I I, I do like Harvick. This doesn't really seem like uh, a race that he normally wins, though. I think he'll finish pretty well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Hamlin seems like kind of like a lock for a top five pretty much every week at this point. Um, a, a win would just kind of be uh, just a, a nice little uh, cherry on, cherry top? on yeah. top. Yeah. Uh, and then I I think Chase at this point should just be a favorite every week at every single track. Even dating back to like we talked about in our season preview. That Chase has won like three of the last five races last year, that which led to winning the title. And then 
I don't remember. What, he finished second in the 500, and then he should have won last week. Like I, He should be, which is crazy, but the quick, quick little side on our little NASCAR league, how I got him sixth overall at Homestead. It's just it's hilarious the dra- how the draft went. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, had, I was picking fourth, and I took Harvick out of respect. I like it. Um, he's also going to be he's he's going to be good. Yeah, it's just like will he have a winning car? Uh, I sure hope so. Yep. Um, Bush Lightning. Yes, and like yeah, I mean all these guys they deserve to be the top three because they've been the best three guys the last two like year plus. And then I kind of when I was making my preview, I really kind of looked at uh, it's a 550 horsepower uh, package, which they use like all the mile and a halves. But Homestead has a uh, higher wear than the other mile and a half. So like your your traditional like Charlotte's or Texas, you know, like Kansas, those are very similar. Homestead's a higher wear. It's not as bad as Atlanta, but it's also not as similar to Darlington. But they kind of race. Kind of, I think Homestead's an outlier because Darlington and Homestead both from like the high lines where you want to run. And I looked at them as an outlier, so I focused on Homestead last year as the biggest like comparison for this race this year and just looking at Hamlin last year wise when the favorites he dominated the race last year he led 137 laps he won both stages he was like the car to beat kind of thing makes sense why he's the favorite uh he's at three career wins at Homestead you said what is it tied for the most ever right yeah, he's tied with Greg Biffle mm-hmm. and Tony Stewart for uh, most wins with three at home. So yeah, yeah, good, good for the old Biffle get a little mention. Love here. a Biffle reference. Uh, and like, and it's it's crazy though with Hamlin. Why I'm kind of fading him is in his last eleven races at Homestead, he only has two top fives and it's two wins. I mean, it's good that he wins, but like he doesn't have like the cons- like you don't see him consistently running in that top five, which kind of worries me a little bit. Uh, the other thing was note that I saw was very interesting is that. Denny Hamlin has been the pole sitter at Homestead five of the last six races. Wait, what? <laughs> what? Yeah. Denny Hamlin started the pole five of the last six Homestead races. And, so two, or how many of those would have been no qualifying? One. Two. Two? Two of them. Damn. That, that, that was a weird stat when you're looking at like driver averages and that pops up. I feel like it's almost more impressive that he has two with no qualifying. Yeah. It's only three. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm with you. Now. Two with no qualifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's... Speaks to how consistent he's been for the formula, though. Yeah. It's all like standings and the way he raced the previous race, so like it makes sense. Uh, jumping to Elliott, he finished second last year behind Hamlin. Actually, it was uh, cycled out to the lead if it wasn't for a Joey Logano lap car uh, slowing him down because of like a, a little redemption for the Bristol race when uh, Elliott dumped them, uh, him and Logano together. Yeah, classic Logano. Uh, he was in contention the whole race. He was top four in every single metric. He was first in late run speed, which is huge. And he's been really good in the mile and a half in general and the high wear tracks as he was uh, one of the best cars at all the Darlington races, which I think is kind of one of the similar the comparisons for Homestead. So yeah, Homestead's not like the other mile and a half. So they're not like, yeah. oh, nice that voice was, crack geez, there. Dude. <clears throat> Damn. I should have <laughs> taken that Mucinex. I should have taken it. Fuck, that was tough. Yeah, but Homestead's not like a traditional mile and a half. Like it's not like you're That's, Atlanta or yeah. Vegas. It's more of a it's more of like an actual oval. Yeah. And yeah, like you said, you can run the high line. So that's why I think it fits Elliott and all of his driving style. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I was thinking about, too, is I feel like these high wear tracks in general, that guys that keep care of their equipment or keep care of their tires tend to be like your more talented drivers or your uh, like your good road course racers. You know, they, they know it's not like a sprint. You have to like run 30, 40, 50 long, these long green flag runs. That's where you're going to win the race. Mm-hmm. So, and Elliott's been getting strong at 
all these tracks, I think he definitely should be a contender at what it's six to one I have here. Then the last guy is Harvick, also at six to one. He finished twenty sixth last year, but he was running top ten and had multiple issues. He had a, a pit road issue, he had a flat tire, so like if you look at his overall stats at Homestead, it's much more like calming that he's finished six straight top fours before that, including one win. So like, and he's really good at these mile and a half high wear tracks, regardless. So I wouldn't look too much into Harvick's 26 last year. There were some underlying issues that happened to him, and I think he'll bounce back and be a contender again. Yeah, and this this is kind of a weird race to like go back to because this used to be the championship. So a lot yeah. of these stats are kind of favored heavy towards the top guys. It's weird that NASCAR has all like the that last championship race that all the guys in contention had the fastest cars. Hmm. It's weird how that always works out. Interesting. <laughs> It's weird. almost, it's almost like it's uh, scripted of some sort. Weird. Hmm. Weird how the top four last year were all championship guys in fifth place with Jimmy Johnson his last race. Weird. Hmm. Weird how that hmm. all worked out. Really uh, really makes you think. Yeah. You know? I think it was like Jimmy's first top five in like fucking a year. <laughs> uh, anyone else? Anything else you got in the favorites here? <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. I, I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head. They're all favorites for a reason here. Uh, then in 1B, the contenders, which are all right there with the favorites. I have the list of Martin Truex Jr. at 7-1, to Kyle Larson at 8-1, to who I think opened actually at like 14-1 to or 12-1. to And they're hammering him. And he went down to 8-1, to Kyle Busch 10-1, to Joey Logano 10-1. to So where, what uh, book are you using for these? I've been using DraftKings because they have the most, uh, like, they have variations. They have like top three bets, top five bets, yeah. matchup bets, and they post these very early, so you can actually watch the movements too. So I like using DraftKings for my basis, but like FanDuel is always a little bit different. Uh, MGM doesn't have very much, but a little bit different. They're more like at race time or like on like Sundays they'll post their stuff. Lame. I do like how FanDuel does the uh, groups though, which yeah, DraftKings yeah. is not not often. I, I do like the the FanDuel groups. Um, I know I was just wondering because I saw Kyle Busch at nine to one. Okay, so, so yeah. on barstool. So yeah, if you want, if you want to hit him at ten to one on uh, DraftKings, definitely do that. So yeah, just like Zach said, anytime we say an, uh, a driver that we like, uh, I'm just using DraftKings as a reference. But you can search around the other books or other places to find the best odds for that guy. Yeah, we're not sponsored, so we kind of just float. Yeah, and, like, and I just use DraftKings like, for me it makes it easier having because they they have all the top three and top fives. I'll get mm-hmm. to those bets I want to make later. Uh, jumping to Truex, why he's a contender here? I personally. I'm going to hate him just because I'm more of a, 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 a pity, a, a spite, yeah, whatever, whatever spite, it is. I hate yeah. him. When I say pity, doesn't make any sense. Pity myself for picking him last week. Uh, he finished 12th last year, and it was actually a really weird race. He didn't really do much at all. But before that, he had three straight top twos. And then he had a dri- 120 driver rating uh, in each of those races, which is, like, elite. And the one thing that worries me with him, though, is he's really good – at the mile and a half tracks and the high wear tracks, like he almost won Darlington last year before him and he crashed Elliott, but and he was really good at Atlanta last year. But what worries me is now that's not a championship race, and now that Cole Pern's gone, I may be like putting too much stock into that. But I don't know if he's gonna be able to run top three anymore. But I definitely could see him run that like fourth. It wouldn't surprise if he wins. It wouldn't surprise if he runs seventh. Oh yeah, I agree. Yeah, I was gonna say the uh, common denominator there is. Uh... The three top twos, he had Cole Pern. Mm-hmm. Since then, no Cole Pern, and he's kind of been uh, – well, he, he has one win since Cole Pern left. It's the Martinsville race, right? Yeah. yeah. He, sh- I mean, in his defense, he he could have had the Darlington race. He risky should have more, but, like, yeah, he's he's in a weird spot right now. Uh, jumping to the next guy, like I mentioned, he jumped way up in the, the odds already is Kyle Larson. 
Why he's there? Well, because in the 42 car and lesser equipment, he has been a contender. He didn't race last year because, again, he was uh, uh, away from NASCAR at the time. And uh, before that, he was a contender in five straight homestead races. Like, he led half the race twice. He loves the high line. He's gonna be, he is now like elite equipment in the Hendrick Motorsports, so I think he should be a definite contender. It'd be fun to watch. Would not surprise me at all if he hits the wall a few times too. No, it's to be expected. Yeah. Um so I believe it was twenty eighteen when Legato won. Larson by far had the best car at Miami. Was yeah. Twenty eighteen? It was, it was the I think one of the it was a Legato or the Truex win. But yeah, Larson was like in third place, let the leaders like battle, and he kind of like, you see him like checking up, like he's on that high line still, and he like gave respect to them to not get in their way because like, he should have won the race exact same. A hundred percent, like look, <laughs> like Larson, yeah, like you said, he let the leaders go. He was stuck in that outside groove. Yeah, like it was it was kind of insane to watch. He he, as we joke, he had rails up there and he was on them. Yes. <laughs> Yes. He was a locomotive up there. <laughs> uh, Kyle Busch, 10-1. to 1, He's got six straight Homestead top sixes, and he's got two wins. You, you can't hate on that. And uh, last year wasn't anything crazy, but he was around that 5th to 10th range. And I don't know. I, I feel like, again, we he's our big buyback candidate this year. I like buy Kyle Busch stock when it's low. Even in a bad year, he still ran 5th to 10th. Maybe now with Adam Stevens gone and uh, I forgot that guy's name. Uh, phew. Ben Bishore? Is that, is that name? It's, that's something Bishore. That's definitely Bishore. a crew chief in NASCAR. It's Bishore. I don't know his first name is anymore. Ben might not Ben, but he, maybe they have new chemistry here. He looks like uh, Gibbs as a whole has a lot of speed. So I mean, at ten to one, that's pretty good odds at Kyle Busch because he used like if you look last year, he would always be like that five to six to one, mm-hmm. and now you're giving him a discounted value. Yeah, I'm I've fallen in the Kyle Busch trap so far this year. Oh yeah, and it is not really uh, paid dividends at all. Not nope, not yet. <laughs> not yet. No, because he is due for a big one. Unless you buy them in the clash, which of course we didn't. Why would we? I mean, we stink. Uh, the last guy for contenders I have is Joey Logano, ten to one. Again, he finished twenty seventh last year. Similar to Harvick, don't put too much uh, too much stock into that. He had issues while running in the top five. He has five straight top sixes at Homestead before that with one win. He's been very consistent on mile and a half in general. And I don't know. I just, Logano is one of those guys where, again, we said he's very good. He's in good equipment. You always expect him to contend. Yeah, I mean, he's won here before when he won the championship. Uh, the, yeah, you really can't count him out, even if you really, really want to. Mm-hmm. And finally, let's go to Tier C, our Dark Horses slap. Uh, slash sleepers, and these guys, like, I'm not saying they're going to win. The only guy I really think is a, a legit shot to win would be these top two guys. The other two guys could be great for prop bets or lineups just because we think they're undervalued where they're at. So, like, a top 10 bet or top 5 bet could be reasonable and some nice plus money for them. Starting off is Ryan Blaney at 16-1. to 1. And, again, being a Ryan Blaney guy, I think he's undervalued here. I'm not saying he should be a favorite, but 16-1 to 1 makes no sense to me. And... Last year, he finished third, and he led 70 laps. You look at two years ago, he had a, uh, uh, he, had tr- he finished 11th, but he had a 100-plus or or drive rating. He's top five in all the metrics last year. He's fantastic amount of halves. I think people look down on him as he's not good at Darlington, and he doesn't have a complete track record at Homestead, so people kind of like, downgrade him for that. Well, I'll buy him low then. And I think he's definitely a top five contender, just like it was all all last year at the, at Homestead. Yeah, Blaney, much like us, 
this is a uh, redemption week for Blaney. Yeah. After uh, a, a tough showing last week at a track that he usually is pretty strong at. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like Blaney. I like him in lineups too. Uh, we'll get to those in a bit, but yeah, I like Blaney at sixteen to one. Uh, he's gonna be in some probably weird group bets though, which. The one that little, I, I haven't really looked at the group bets yet, but I'm a little worried about what one he's going to be put in. What sucks with him when I was kind of looking at it, and we'll touch on him in our prop bets in a second, was they, they put him against a lot of the – he's plus money, but they put him against his Penske teammates, which just stinks because you know they're like, damn, like they're, they're, you never know, they're all they're all the same equipment, they're all pretty good. It was, it's not shocking whatever one wins that group kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, next guy is Tyler Reddick. This is a very popular one. I'm kind of fading him to win. But I love if you want to throw like a top five or top ten bet or even like a group thing, he's going to be in a lot of lineups, highly owned because he's starting in the back of the field because he the whole fire incident at Daytona. But he was fourth last year at uh, Homestead. He was top four in green flag speed, top four in short run speed, uh, top four in late run speed, and first and fastest laps. He won the last two Xfinity races he raced here. So I mean, he is going to be just like Kyle Larson. Riding that high line, showing speed, especially in the late runs. Last year was famous too because that's when he's in fourth place, and the last lap he turned his engine off, and they're like, "Go, go, keep on going! It's oh, yeah. not over yet! Yeah, it's not over that. yet!" Yeah, yeah. So in our uh, preseason thing, we kind of said uh, he's a combination of Larson and Slick Rick. Yep. <laughs> so this could, and you see where Larson's at. So this this should be a pretty good race for him. Yeah, as long as he doesn't. Slick himself into the wall. He started at 28 to 1. I've seen him down to 20 to 1 at some places, but also kind of hovers around 22 ish. Uh, I don't know. I don't think he's going to win. I think he's definitely going to be a guy to keep your eye on. The only thing that scares me is if everybody starts to be like get on him, that it might be nice to pivot off him in your lineups and stuff just because if he does have an incident, then everyone has him. You're the one benefiting from it. But at the same time, it's going to suck if he finishes like third and you ha- don't have him. You're like, shit. Yeah, this, so. is, this is a multiple lineup scenario. Yeah. Yeah, definitely fade him in one if you're going to do multiple. Now, this guy I think is undervalued again after his first career win, Chris Bell. I see him at 28 to 1. Last year, he finished eighth, had the ninth fastest, uh, fastest late run speed. And like we said, the Gibbs guys all look really good. And he did all of this last year in the 95. Now he's in the 20, actually has, like, the top-tier equipment. We've already seen how fast he's looked at uh, the road course, even at Daytona. He was a contender there. I think that uh, he's a definite top-10 bet, but my favorite bet for him is plus money for Christian Bell finishing the top 10. It also reminds me of at Texas last year when – do you remember when it was uh, Kyle Busch, Truex 1-2, and Bell finished third? Yes. And I know it's on the same type of track, but a mile and a half, and he's a 95, he was on fire. And that was our last mile and a half we were at. And just about how road course racers keep care of their equipment. And I feel like Christopher Bell is definitely a guy I would not be surprised running eighth the whole day. No, I 100% agree. Yeah. I, and especially when guys like Reddick are minus odds yeah. and like top 10 bets and shit like that. I kind of like Bell in that spot. Um, I, I faded Reddick a little bit on bets just because of his odds. Agreed. I think I think all the money being put on him, if you got him early, you're probably good. Yeah. But all the money being put on him, and everyone who does a fantasy write-ups can tell you how he's a sleeper and throw up all these stats, even though I do the same thing, I would rather almost have Bell at this point than Reddick, just based off the, the odds. Just 100%. Just based on the money. 100% agree. Uh, last guy I have is Eric Almarola at 40-1. and this years is a guy. Do not bet him to win. As we'll say every week, it's a waste of your money. He's not going to win. However... 
he is a sneaky top ten guy. Mm-hmm. And last year, uh, he finished fifth. Did people realize, and it wasn't like a like a bullshit fifth. He has uh, two straight races over a hundred driver rating here. He's uh, two top tens in the last three here, and he pretty much he was top ten every metric uh, metric last year for all the different green flag speed, short run speed, late run speed, etc. He was a top ten in all of those, and I again, don't care about the forty to one. But in terms of uh, like prop bets and things like in lineups, don't sleep on putting Elmer Roll in your lineups because because he's undervalued. So I, I like him a lot, just as a random like. He, you, you fall asleep watching him, but he'll still ride ride in the top ten for you. No, yeah, I agree. I, I didn't uh, – I, I have to look up where exactly he's starting. I don't think he's that expensive, though, in lineups. Yeah, I want to say, like, just as a guess. He's probably, like, a fan duel sitting on, like, 8,000, you know, in that, that range. Would, that would probably be a solid guess. I'll try to pull it up here. Uh, while you do that, I'll just kind of transition here to my favorite prop bets. Obviously, I have not had a strong start to the year, but I am going much more conservative this week in – I am spreading a wide net of like even money or right around even money bets. I love Christopher Bell top ten. It's plus one hundred five, so you're actually be making like the like better odds for you. But like I love Chris Bell top ten for what I said. He basically was top ten all like last year in this ninety five in the twenty. He should easily do it. No, yeah, I agree. Um, uh, Eric Amarola is starting sixteenth and is seventy eight hundred on FanDuel. Okay, makes sense. Uh, looking at other bets, I really do like. Uh, one of the sleeper bets that I said, Elmarola, top 10 plus 150. You're getting one and a half times your money if Rola finishes 10th. That's all you need 10th place. I could reasonably see that happening. He, he's a classic, like, 7th to 12th guy. Especially if you look at last year, if you have guys like Truex and Logano and Harvick have bad days, he'll guarantee top 10. Like, just guaranteed. Uh, looking at other guys I like, uh, I like, uh, so minus 104 last time I saw it. It's Bowman over Byron. I think Bowman's just much better than the mile and a half, and I think it's definitely a safe one. There's also one, I think it's even money. It's Blaney over BK. Yep. BK is one guy we didn't touch on at all because we're both kind of fading him this week. Yeah, he kind of fucked us last week. I don't have any stats on him, really, because like, I just didn't like his numbers in general. But it's also why I like Blaney. So when I get a Blaney who I love versus a BK who I'm fading, I think that matchup, especially you're giving me better odds, I like the Blaney uh over BK prop bet. Mm-hmm. And then I have a bunch of guys in the top five. Uh, Elliot top five, Harvick top five are both around even money at minus 105. And then you can get Larson and Kyle Busch top five. At, Kyle Busch is at plus 150. And then Larson's plus like 120. Again, I, these guys to me should be favorites. So you expect them to run top five all day. They don't have to win. They finish fourth. You make money, especially the Kyle Busch one. I love plus 150, Kyle Busch top five. No, yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, just going off the Blaney BK one because I have that bet as well. Right. Uh, Blaney has an average finish of eleventh here, and uh, in three races, his best finish is third, and he's led seventy laps. That was all. Yes, that was all last year. He finished third, led seventy laps. I might put too much stock into last year's race, but it was also the first one that wasn't a championship race. So I think it's the most accurate. Like, hey, it's middle of the season, not going for a title. Uh, 550 horsepower package, that kind of thing. I think it's the most relatable data to pull from. Mm-hmm. Um, I oh, and you also mentioned Bowman. Uh, I took Bowman just top ten straight up. I think it was plus money, correct? I think it's floating it around was, there. Uh, plus one twenty. Yeah, yep. Uh, and like you said, like he doesn't necessarily show up well here, but he is very good a mile and a half. So I mean. You can't. He has one top ten here. You can't really put it by him. And we said like, it's it's hard to. 
find direct comparisons to Homestead because it's actually a very unique track and driving style and surface. But Darlington, which is once a high wear, high line, we kind of mentioned that's huge for Larson Reddick. Bowman was really good at Darlington's last year. so And he was pretty good at Homestead last year as well. So it wouldn't surprise me like you're saying around top 10. I like that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have any more? No, like I said, again, we'll post some. I'm on like top 10 for Rolla and for Christopher Bell. Uh, top five for Larson, Kyle Bush, Elliott, and Harvick. It kind of spread the wealth. You know, if you hit two of those, you're good. And then the matchups, I like Bowman over Byron and Blaney over Kozlowski. Nice. Um, I also have Denny top three at plus 140. Ooh. That's something that I was going to stay away from. But like, we were kind of joking. He's either going to win the race or finish eighth. Mm-hmm. So, like, again, it starting first, he done the race last year. That's not a bad bet. Uh, Especially with guys like Shrek's yeah. kind of fading, like – Harvick, this isn't exactly one of his best tracks. Uh, he, he'll be good, but like a top three, you know. Uh, yeah, I just like Denny, especially pl- anytime you can get Denny like plus money for like outside of a win. That's usually that's kind of automatic. Yeah. Any more prop bets you have, or do you kind of want to switch over to the uh, daily fantasy preview? No, I'm definitely gonna look into the group bets a little bit more, um, and I'll probably post one of those in my official bets. Uh, yeah. Look, look tomorrow morning, or not tomorrow. I guess would be like what's sun- yeah tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. Look look Sunday. Uh, couple hours a few race time you know we'll probably post them at 10 11 a.m eastern time uh can try to find the best odds you can but we're doing we'll be showing we're betting and uh just don't look at our year-to-date stats we are looking for a nice bounce back we had the 500 and then the road course where we got fucked so like yes we could have done better however we are I will We're say, getting into the our bread and butter here. I have a good track record from last year. I said I bounce back at a couple of wins here, but we'll, we'll we'll post them again on the Twitter page, and uh, also we'll post a, a, one of our, our favorite lineups. Lineups are tough. We'll do we'll put our must plays or something like that. We'll figure something out, and uh, let's go right into it, Zach. Uh, who you like any for must plays? So for FanDuel, I, like obviously Reddick is going to be very highly owned, so I would put him in at least one of your one of your lineups. I think and he's 9200 which is kind of high but he's starting at 35th. They did they did price him up but like you're saying if guys are going to sit there and he runs 10th place it's he'll he'll get his value. Yep. Um I also weirdly like Chase Briscoe. So Briscoe's a guy which I do agree he's these races I again touched on him multiple times during the podcast is these high wear tracks it really shows guys that keep care of their equipment, and usually the guys that are good in road courses are also good at these tracks. And Chris Buescher checks both those. Uh, Chase Briscoe checks both those boxes, and he did win this uh, race last year in the Xfinity. So it was, I think mm-hmm. it was a, I think he won it over Kyle Busch. That was a darn. T- Either way, he he did win this in uh, a Homestead race last year, in Xfinity race, and he looked good. So I'm not against that. It's just you never know with the rookies in their third career Cup race how they're going to race. But yeah, he's starting 30th. He's seven grand. Like he's the lowest guy in my lineup. Like he was the he was the last guy. Um, th- in this lineup, I have Harvick. I'll just see, I'll just bounce this off. You see your thoughts. I have Harvick. Uh, he's at fourteen thousand. That's high. Yep. Uh, Blaney at eleven thousand seven hundred. Reddick at ninety two hundred, like I said. Austin Dillon at uh, eight thousand. Dillon's twenty second. Dillon's a good sleeper. I didn't mention him, but he's a guy who not. I think he's gonna run that tw- like a consistent tenth tw- uh, to twelfth all day. I do like Austin Dillon. Showed a lot of speed. RCR is a whole in mile and a half last year. So uh, and he runs well here at Homestead too. So Austin Dillon, I do like as a a candidate for multiple lineups to put in as like a core guy. Mm-hmm. I also like uh, Kyle Busch. I have Kyle Busch like in multiple Kyle lineups, Bush, yeah. uh, starting twenty fourth. 
He's twelve thousand two hundred. I mean, there's a. I think uh, Denny, Harvick, and Chase are the only ones more expensive than him. But he's starting twenty fourth, and that's kind of automatic points unless he crashes. <laughs> it's which you never know. Yeah. You never know with that kind of situations. Uh, I don't know other guys I do like. I'm trying to see here. I also do have one DraftKings lineup as well. If you wanted to do that. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't actually made my lineups yet. Again, I'm just looking at guys that I think will definitely be content, uh, contenders for things. Uh, let me pull up FanDuel real quick. Why don't you go with the DraftKings and then uh, see what guys you want to must start. Yeah. But so DraftKings is a little different, though, because you, you get points for the fastest laps. You also get points for your uh, a larger differential. So it's good to have guys that start later in the pack kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm getting into DraftKings now. I was more of a FanDuel guy last week last year. I'm um, starting to get into DraftKings a I little like DraftKings. bit. So. Uh, bear with me here. Uh, I got Chase at 11,000. He's starting 11th. Uh, Matty D is starting 37th. He's 8,800, though. And the way that I did my lineup, I might be completely out of my mind. He made the most sense. Uh, Alex Bowman I have in there at 8,300. Uh, Reddick at 8,500. I threw him in there as well. Um, Austin Dillon is the, in there at 7,700. So basically, there's three guys to start got you off there. They're going to be highly owned just looking at this. They all kind of sit in the same price range. William Byron, Matt DiBenedetto, Tyler Reddick, and Chase Briscoe. They all start, like, what is this, 25th and plus, uh, 30 plus. They all start in the 30s. So you're going to high differential. But you're going to have to choose between these guys. And you know that Reddick's going to be very high owned. I think Briscoe, because he's 72, will be high owned. It's going to be interesting. It really is to me, and at the same time, grouped in this region, we do have a Christopher Bell and Austin Dillon and Eric Amarola. So I actually might fade like a Dibodetto, even though he's starting 37th and Byron 31st. I'll have to look at exactly like my projections say kind of thing, but I might fade them for guys like Rolla and Bell who might lose some positions or like barely gain some, but I'm more comfortable them finishing 8th I am Byron finishing eighth, that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. it really is going to turn down to na- uh, avoiding guys that have issues, nailing guys that might be like your dominator, lead a lot of laps. And then, of course, like, uh, like even McDowell last week, he started second. He does a terrible bet. He still finished seventh. So you really didn't lose that many points off that. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting. And I don't know. This is again, first mile and a half. I'm not really prepared for it yet. And uh, <laughs> mentally? Yeah, I'm not it's, really there it's, yet. It's going to be, uh, it's probably going to be a pretty long race. I don't really. I don't even have any lineups just yet. I haven't finished my 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 research or projections yet for it. Uh, I'll kind of basically for my thing is going off of what I said uh, for the the prop bets, which is I love Elliott, so I'll probably have him. I think he's gonna be the the dominators. I'll probably work in Kyle Busch because I like and Larson because I think the next two like could probably contend for the win. Uh, I like Blaney. I like Bell. I like Rolla. These guys, uh, Dylan. These are the guys I'm a target. Then you also want to look at. We mentioned the guys that start way back in the field. Uh, one guy I do like as well for like a random because he's so cheap. Is on at least on Fanduel. A little transition here is a Corla Joy, just being three thousand dollars. It's just like he's only three thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's why. That's why I was like I might put him in one. Where's he start at? Twenty fifth. He can run. He can run twenty fifth. Yeah, that's. $3,000. That's like cheaper that, than Davison. That's how you stack your lineups. That's what you, you can put the top guys in. If LaJoy hits his value, then you have the top guys. You nail the top guys. That gives you maybe a little more high. Yeah. We did that last year. We'd stack. We would have one guy that's really cheap and then kind of like two elite guys, two mid-tier guys. Mm-hmm. So I was looking at my lineups, like just the rough drafts of them. 
And I had Reddick in all three of them. So I need to. No, as we said, you're yeah. going to want to have Reddick, but at the same time, you might want to fade him in one of them. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, and and some uh, news on Corey LeJoy. Steve Letarte is going to be his crew chief this week. Oh, hell yeah. So it could be some alternate strats. Maybe gets up to like 21st. I love it. He might be a little rusty from the old NBC booth, uh, booth, but I love it. Yeah, he said it was uh, it was good for him, just kind of throwing him into the fire with the, the, what, the what are they, seven uh, spire, spire? Yeah, spire, seven spire car. Yeah. Uh, again, this was, this DFS preview wasn't our greatest because we were kind of all over the place, but we are not prepared very well because we don't know what's going to happen. It's a mile and a half. We will post our things on Twitter so once we are settled down. Uh, we also post the official prop bets if you want to look at them. Uh, this will all be tomorrow morning. Maybe we'll do a DFS tonight, and then we'll give you tomorrow morning for the prop bets. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do uh, that for you We'll guys. switch it up for you. Yeah. yeah. We'll also we'll send out the link to the pod, of course, and anything else we got? We need to sum up here? Uh, no, I think we about covered it all. Love to hear it. Thanks for listening. Boom. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 uh, Miami. Uh, uh, South Beach, bringing the heat, uh. <laughs> Can y'all feel that? Can y'all feel that? Jig it out, uh. Here I am in the place where I come let go In Miami, the base and the sunset low Every day like a Mardi Gras Everybody party all day, no work, all play, okay? So we sip a little something, leave the rest to spill Me and Charlie at the bar, running up a high bill Nothing less than ill, when we dress to kill Every time the ladies pass, they be like Can y'all feel me? All ages and races, real sweet faces Every different nation, Spanish, Haitian, Indian, Jamaican Black, white, Cuban, or Asian I only came for two days of playing But every time I come I always wind up staying This the type of town I can spend a few days in Miami, the city that keeps the roof blazing Party in the city where the heat is on All night on the beach till the break of dawn Welcome to my home Rainstorms ain't nothing to mess with, but I can't feel a drip on the strip. It's a trip. Ladies have dress full of equip, and they be screaming out. So I'm thinking I'ma scoop me something hot in this south summer rain game mountain pot. Hottest club in the city, and it's right on the beach. Temperature, get to ya, it's about to reach 500 degrees in the Caribbean seas with the hot mommies screaming. Every time I come to town, they be spotting me in the drop Bentley, ain't no stopping me. So cashing your dough and flow to this fashion show, pound for pound anywhere. You go, yo, ain't no city in the world like this. And if you ask how I know, I got to plead the fair. Miami, Party in the city where the heat is on all night on the beach till the break of dawn. Welcome to my home, Benito, Miami. Dancing in the club where the heat is on all night on the beach till the break of dawn. I'm going to Miami. Welcome to my home. Don't get me wrong, Shot Town got it going on. And New York is the city that we know don't sleep And we all know that LA and Philly stay jiggy But on the snake, Miami bringing heat for real Y'all don't understand I never seen so many Dominican women with cinnamon tans Mira, this is the plan Take a walk on the beach, draw a heart in the sand Give me your hand, damn you look sexy Let's go to my yacht in the West Keys Ride my jet skis, lounge under the palm trees Cause you gotta have cheese for the summer house Peace on South Beach Water so clear you can see to the bottom Hundred thousand dollar cars, everybody got them Ain't no surprise in the club to see Slide Stallone, Miami, my second home. Party in the city where the heat is on all night on the beach till the break of dawn. Welcome to my home, Bienvenido a Miami. Bouncing in the club where the heat is on all night on the beach till the break of dawn. I'm going to Miami. Welcome to 
Party in the city where the heat is on.